<laughs> you want me to do it this time? I'll get it. I'll get it. I'll get it. Here we go. Okay. Hello, and welcome to episode 84 of the Casual Tryhard Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm James. And this week is a little bit of potpourri again. Uh, Ooh, Wizards banned, yeah. Wizards banned some stuff because that's what they yeah. do on Mondays now. That's what potpourri smells like. Bannings. <laughs> it smells like bannings. <laughs> is that like a Glade plugin plug uh, plug smell? Like banned magic cards? Smell. Yeah. <laughs> so, Tears of salty boys. Tears of salty boys. My investments. <laughs> um, so if you would like to tweet at us with uh, your outrage, you can get at us at Casual Tripod. Yep, you can also hit us up, up on Facebook at Casual Tryhard MTG. You can drop us an email at show at casualtryhardmtg.com. Uh, don't forget, if you're looking to pick up any singles, please use our TCG Player affiliate link, tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com. Anything you purchase after following that link, we'll get a small sliver of to help keep the show going. If you'd like to support us a little bit more directly, you can do so at patreon.com slash casualtryhardmtg. Our patrons get early access to our show notes. I usually post them like the day before the show goes live. Uh, we also kind of record our pre-show ramblings, and I post them up on Patreon as well for our patrons. We talk about kind of anything and everything in there. It's not just magic related. Normally, it's kind of just about what's going on because we don't get to see each other anymore despite living a mile apart. We also have a YouTube channel that we haven't really put anything up on lately, but it's another way you can get our podcast. And occasionally we do do like deck tech stuff. Um, sometimes we'll record like a limited event that we're playing in. Doesn't happen that often, but when it does, that's where we throw it. And last but not least, we have a Discord. Um, it's pretty, seems to be pretty active. Uh, we have threads in there for just kind of general talking we have show ideas um there's a section if you want to put decks to take a look at um there's a section in there for adopt a deck we haven't done that in a little while but maybe that's something we can get back to at some point our patrons get a their own discord room all about finance stuff so that's kind of another perk of being a patron and I like discussing that stuff. I know you do too. So, and actually, I have a question for later on in the episode that came out of the uh, the finance room. I'll spring on you. Um, Sounds good. Yeah, that should be it for Discord. Anything else we got going on? No, I gotta. I, I just realized I gotta respond to something in Discord because someone wants some sideboarding help for Cheerios. Oh yeah, yeah. we yeah. can uh, we can talk about that in the show because I actually put that later in the show notes. So there we go. Perfect. We can talk about that on here as well. So, we are kind of running out of like topics for shows. So if there's anything in particular that you guys want to hear about, so you don't just hear about whatever we decide to talk about, you can post that up in Discord, drop us an email, shoot us a message on Facebook or on Twitter, or however you want to. Let us know what you want us to talk about. We will do that. Yeah, but thankfully, a new set should be spoiled soon. Yeah. In the coming coming weeks. Yeah, I think pre-release is about a month from now, right? Yeah, so we only have to, like, so bad. They keep banning cards, and then it's like, ooh, new standard, and then it's just like, okay, I'm done with this now. Yeah, and whatever. Yeah, but we're going to get past that hopefully soon, soon. Hopefully. All right, so the first thing, the big thing, was on Friday, Wizards was like, hey, guys, 
we're going to ma- ban some cards on uh, Monday, and it's only going to impact Historic. Yeah, and by some cards, everybody immediately knew they meant one card. Yes, which I even tweeted, by Field of the Dead. Yeah. Like, you gone. Yep. And today, in fact, Field of the Dead got banned. Mwah, mwah. Now, this came up in a, in the store chat. Like, Field yeah. isn't good in any format where the tutus really matter. And someone okay. was like, well tutus always matter like but they they don't in some older formats right like there are decks that don't care about tutus like storm like storm doesn't care about tutus in in legacy or modern uh there are decks in modern that are just too fast for the tutus to matter so like yeah in in fact doesn't care about tutus yeah in fact burn doesn't care about a tutu or because it's like all right like you're at two yeah. I don't know. Every card in my deck kills you. Right. It doesn't matter. But in formats that are built around attacking and blocking, mm-hmm. um, field is just too good because those formats aren't really fast enough yeah. to uh, get under field. Yeah. And- I mean, this is, this is kind of the problem that like we have with standard, just with like different cards. It's yeah. that like anything that's even remotely mid-range slanted needs to be able to go so big that like you end up almost not even being a mid-range deck anymore. Yeah, because right, uh, it's the Euro problem, which came up. Yeah. I don't know if you watched the the bandwagon today, I didn't. Is that they, what they talked about? They transitioned from Hey Fields Dead to Euro should just be on the erase from Magic list where no one gets to play him in any format. <laughs> Because, just doesn't exist because their thought process is like like field was a problem but mm-hmm. the card that helped make it a problem is uro because you can't ever get under those decks because they just like have an uro right. and you can't go bigger than those decks because they have uro yeah and like how many cards did uro get banned agent field agent and field right now yeah. Uh so yeah, he's got two two ca- two bodies on his hands. Yeah. But I mean, Field also got like once upon a time banned. Right. Um so Field is not like, you know, blameless here. Oh yeah, no, not at all. But yeah, we have like you can't get under it because of like the decks aren't fast enough, but that's what the meta game tried to do. Right. Cuz if you think about like the meta game they said in the in the uh, statement, and I, you know, just saw this from playing, the metagame went really hyper aggressive. Yeah. To try to mitigate the damage field did. Mm-hmm. Or it just went huge. Mm-hmm. But when you went huge, you just played like whatever like cards you wanted to play alongside your field. Yeah, and a row. And Uro, right? But like mid range couldn't be a thing, and neither could control, because neither could ever beat a land that just makes a two two every turn. Yeah, and, and that, I mean that's eight. kind of the problem is there's no downside to putting it in your deck. No, like, not at all. Especially when mana bases are like not ideal to begin with. Like our mana right now, despite having 
uh, Shocklands, like we don't have great mana, at least not as good as we've had in the past. Yeah. And to stretch to some of these like three and four color decks, you have plenty of different lands to play that really don't impact your deck building compounded by the fact that when you're ramping with things like Uro and Grow Spiral and Hour of Promise, you don't care if your additional land for that turn comes into play tapped for the most part. You know what I mean? Yeah, you spent your three mana on Uro. Right. And so that that land that you put in comes into play tapped. You're like, okay, I still have yeah. five mana next turn. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And also, like, how... I think I mentioned this last week. Like, under what circumstances did they think that Field was going to be okay that they took it off the suspended list? Especially knowing that our promise is coming. Exactly. Like they had to know, like yeah. the people that made Amonkhet remastered and the people that hand the, handled the ban list, they work like in the same building. Yeah. Like they didn't go talk to each other. I, I don't know. I feel like they, in the um, historic anthology, mm-hmm. they were like, well, we, we put in Goblin Room Blaster and yeah. we put in virulent plague so we're good right like there's no way field can be too good it's like well you're red black and you're eating four cyborg slots yeah to not get clowned right and you might still get clowned do you remember the field of the dead decks or not the field of the dead decks the um our promise decks in standard um were those the ones that like i guess ulamog had already gone away I don't remember what they went and got, like what they ramped into. I really don't remember what they went and got either. But I don't actually don't know if they got a whole lot. If they just made they, zombies. Yeah. It, like from what I remember of the decks, they just won with zombies. Yeah. And they weren't getting field of the deads. They were just getting deserts and making zombies off of off of uh, our promise. I mean, so if your hour of promise is good enough to get you two lands and make two zombies then your hour of promise getting to field of the deads and making six zombies is probably really good, right? It is. I, I lost to the six zombie plan multiple times. Yeah. Um, Invest five mana and 12 power worth of creatures. Plus get into lands. Two lands. Yeah. Yeah. So like I was playing hour of promise today after the ban. Yeah. And it felt good. It was like, Oh, like, the number of times I was just like, I just want to like have a desert in place so I can go get my two zombies and block <laughs> and then yeah. cast like approach of the second sun the following turn. Yeah. I'll have to check that deck out. That deck sounds pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I retweeted it. So it's okay. on the, it's on the, uh, casual, uh, try, uh, try hard discard, uh, not discord, uh, Twitter. Um, okay. but it, with feel gone, I played a reasonable amount today and it mm-hmm. was so weird. It was, I only played like, you know, maybe seven or eight matches. Yeah. I played against mono red and then I think only thought decks. Really? I played against mono black twice, Esper control, maybe mono black three times, Esper control, Esper dance, Esper control again, and I played against elves. Okay. But yeah, it was just like, like just mono thought these decks. Yeah. I played a little bit when I got home today. I think I played three matches 
and made it through like platinum three or two or whatever I'm in right now. Show off. Um, well, I mean, that wasn't the point, but <laughs> I'm stuck. I'm stuck. I've, I've been bouncing around at plat four, no rank for the last like couple days. Cause I've been doing the work for you people. So you don't have to play these bad decks. <laughs> yeah. That, uh, like red, black, aggro mid range, whatever you want to call it deck that I've been playing. It seems to be a lot better since this ban, but I played blue white control three times in a row. Yay. Like a deck that just could not exist with field in the format. Right. Yeah. And I actually think that's a decent matchup for the deck that I was playing. So I was kind of happy to see it. I think there's so much ramp yeah. in historic that like the Thoughtseize decks are going to have a hard time if they are um, like Thoughtseize without a clock. Yeah, see, that's a, that was exactly my thought when I started putting this deck together. Like, I don't know. I mean, I started putting it together when Amonkhet came out, and I've been you know tweaking it a little bit since then. But that was kind of exactly my thought, is that if you're going to play you know something with some sort of targeted discard, you need to have something to back it up. And it, I actually think it needs to be something pretty quick. It can't just be you know some mid-range threat that you're going to play on turn three. It needs to be... You know, starting it a lot of times, I don't even cast my thought seize on turn one. I'll play a threat and then, you know, back it up with a thought seize after the fact. Yeah, or I've I've played against like thought seize into dreadhorde arcanist. Yeah, into thought seize you again. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, but yeah, like I I was playing this deck. Well, it was clown shoes. I was playing awful, but like mm-hmm. I played against you know thought seize into thought erasure into thought erasure, and it was Ooh. like if you. Like, if I draw a Hydroid Crisis, like, I just made you discard three cards. Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah, and lose four life. Yeah, it's like it doesn't matter what you did because, like, magic now is just like, okay, every card is, like, got draw a card stapled onto it. It's like, ooh, I drew an arrow. I'll replace Mm -hmm. the arrow. Now I'll cast the arrow, and now your discard didn't do anything. Like, you have to put a quick clock on someone because it's yeah. too easy to dig out. But it's good that those decks can be around. Maybe we kind of get to a point where you can play, you know, a mid-range game mm-hmm. and not just, you know, have to go big. Right. Because, again, I think that, like, Magic now lacks... I feel like it lacks the combat step and, like, combat math. It just seems like yeah. everyone kind of, like assembles their engine or mm-hmm. does their big thing and then like it kills over like one or two turns instead of throughout yeah. the game like you're not like well i can double block here like when's the last time you like double blocked but it and it wasn't with like 85 zombies or something <laughs> like true it, it just doesn't happen anymore yeah it's like oh like they have this six six on yeah. turn four i i can't ever profitably block it I, I throw my whole board in front of it so i guess i have to race right yeah or they play like a questing beast and you're like oh all my two power creatures can't block it well great yeah yeah it's great just, yeah it's just ah. so hopefully this will put a little more mid-range and maybe slow the format down because that's like another thing that like i think i called which is mm-hmm. when historic started being a format that like money was involved with and people were playing seriously right it went from that like fun format that you could go just like 
goof off and mm-hmm. just like relax and get away from like the grind of standard yeah. to now it's just this like hyper focused, very efficient machine. And you don't have that like release valve. Cause like you're like, I want to go play this deck. That's fun. Or that I think is like interesting and be fun to play. And, and you, you get, get comboed like, out by goblins on turn three. Yeah, you get yeah you get turn three or turn four, yeah. and you're just like oh or like when field was in the format you're just like oh I just got turn four they have twelve I have six zombies I guess I'm dead or like oh turn turn five they played Ugin. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, cool. Pick <laughs> them all up. Start over yeah. again. I mean, so, part of that might be because standards so bad too though. Like people just don't want to play standard, so they're willing to. Yeah, you know, put their effort into something else. Yeah, but like, I miss I miss the days that were historic. You could just go like play uh like kind of an off the wall deck. And yeah, when was the last time you saw a zombie hunt deck? Ex- that's exactly what I was gonna say. Like, zombie yeah. hunt was a legitimate thing people did in historic because people for some reason love that deck. Hey, I had that deck built for a long time. Yeah, they love the deck, and yeah. it's fun. Like. You cannot play zombie hunt now because you cannot right. win because there are Ever. too many things that just kill you on turn three or turn four. Yeah. Like sometimes through interaction. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I will be happy with the new standard and happy when Pioneer gets here. I think Historic's fine, but it has lost some of its like yeah, fun. Did you play any of that uh, standard 21 event that they had? I did. did so you? yeah, so this is um every time I play one of these artisan events, I just think like, huh. I enjoy Well no, this. I, I, I didn't mean the artisan event. I meant the uh like the actual standard oh. twenty one rank. No, no, I didn't play that. We'll talk about the artisan event later. Yeah, right. I, I actually meant like actual standard twenty one. No, no. Yeah, I didn't play any of it either, but I did see some tweets over the weekend with people saying it was actually a decent format um so again, i think brad nelson tweeted that he thought it w- was actually a like reasonable way to play magic yeah i mean i think the the issue like there is the best thing to do is going to be uro yeah like because that's the best thing to do in every format mm-hmm. so like i think that just kind of you kind of get pigeonholed into that but yeah the mana gets a lot worse though Without it shocks. It does. It does get a lot worse. I think that is a good point. But we we also don't know what the... Uh, there's got to be a land cycle in... Uh, in Zendikar. Zendikar, yeah. Yeah. So that'll be... Yeah, and that's true. We don't know what that is. No, I haven't played that. But that'll be... it. It'll be good to get away from, like, the same cards mm-hmm. that we have been playing with for the last two years. Right. I was that have uh, been present. Yeah, watching a uh, legacy stream, and the guy was like, "Yeah, it's some lands and a pile of 2019 cards." Yeah, like that's just a number of legacy decks are just piles of 2019 cards. That's with, a like, shame. With like brainstorms and ponders, like brainstorms, ponders, 2019 cards. Yeah. Have you seen the new hotness in legacy? I don't know. What is it? Shark typhoon. Oh, yeah, that card's kind of getting everywhere now. I went. I was like, oh, I'll maybe pick up some because I think I have like two or something. They're like $15. $15. Yeah. It's like, oh, man. 
what shell can support Shark Typhoon and Legacy. So the guy I've been watching has been playing it uh, again, Anzid, uh, yeah. MTG. Been playing four in Snoko in place uh, of in place of uh, Ice Fang Colado. In place of wow, okay. And so it's like bad Ice Fang Colado that right. then kind of becomes like reasonable clock that yeah. on more than one occasion I have seen him just resolve and then force something. Whew. And you're That's just like, good. resolve my six mana spell and legacy. Wow. Force your thing, make a five, five. He go for free. Yeah. So that is the, uh, so yeah, it's like the, the snow codex. Cause like they play Uro. So they just get to like hit oh, all hey. their land drops. Hear me out. Hear me out. Okay, you ready? Okay. Academy Rector. <laughs> Go get your. Uh... Go get your Shark Typhoon. No. Uh, yeah. There we go. Yeah. There we go. We yeah. can. Uh, we can play uh, Nick Fit, but Splash Blue, and then cast non-creature spells. Exactly. There we go. Where's Logan? <laughs> yeah. <there we> go. <laughs> Remember when he tried to play Carnage Tyrant and played Nick Fit? And I after do. like three games, he was like, why am I doing this? This is awful. <laughs> he just wanted to play Dinosaurs and Legacy. You could yep. not play Dinosaurs and Legacy. Well, I mean, you can do anything you want and Nick fit, but it doesn't mean it's a real deck. Yeah. It, yeah. It's not a real deck. No. Unfortunately. I think that'd be sweet, though. Academy Raptor Shark Typhoon. <laughs> and then you could play like all of the four spells. Yeah. Well, I mean... Just like when your swords to plowshares become one mana exile your thing, make a one make one. A one one. Yeah, it's really good. It's really good. Yep. Your brainstorms make a one one, or your ponders make a one one. Yeah. Or... But yeah, like there are just so many cards that have been printed in the last like year and a half that just like break magic mm-hmm. on like a fundamental level. Yep. It's like yeah, I spent my weekend writing about those. Yes, yes, we have a we have a whole episode ready for you. So, yeah, it might. I think it might actually be two episodes, but we'll see. Oh, man. I'm working on it still. All right. So in the never-ending march of, of new products, yeah. we got two new products announced this weekend. Well, yeah, I mean, the, we knew they were coming. Yeah, we knew they were coming. We got all of Commander Collection Green spoiled. And they released some more information about Commander Legends. Now, typically we don't do a whole lot of Commander content on this show. But number one, it seems like a lot of people are playing Commander right now because it's the only thing that you can play like non-sanctioned or whatever. And number two, some of them are pretty solid legacy cards. So we are going to talk about it a little bit. Yes. So So for Commander Collection Green... I believe it's set up like a signature spell book. There's some cards inside. It's always the same cards. They've got new artwork. Um, I don't, do they have new frames or is it just new artwork? I think it's just new artwork, but I'm not hundred percent sure. Okay. And there are two different versions of this product. There is a box that is all non-foil and there is a box that is all foil. They're only available through WPN game stores. So you can't, you're not going to be able to get them on Amazon I don't think. And you're not going to be able to get them at the big box stores. Regular WPN stores will get the non-foil versions. And if your LGS is a premium store, it will get 
the boxes that are foil. So there's two different ways to get the product. I did see somebody had posted up on Reddit. I think it was in the finance subreddit that they had access to wholesaler prices. And these, the regular editions of these should be somewhere around 50 bucks based on wholesaler pricing. And the foil ones should be about a hundred based on wholesale pricing. I mean, I don't know if those prices are going to stick or not, but that's, that's what yeah. his calculation was. That's kind of where it's, where it's going to start. And yeah. it's a question of how many of them are there and how desirable is it? Yeah. So, so what do we got in this set? Uh, the first is a Sylvan library. Yeah, that's a pretty big reprint, right? It is. It is. I have a, a foil from like a commander's arsenal from a oh, while back. Yeah. That's, Sweet. That's the foil I have for um, uh, Depths. Yeah. My uh, my library is a, a Legends one, original Legends. My I also have a, an original Italian Legends one that I got from uh, buying a bunch of cards from Goodwill. Sweet. That's oh. a that's a hell of a score. Yeah. It's like, all right, buddy. Oh, um, yeah. So... The art on this one's pretty cool. It's like guys sitting around reading, I think, like in like a forest or on top of like a tree or something. So I guess the story behind this, I wasn't playing during this time, so I may have this wrong and I'm not a commander player, at least not a ton. So I don't know all the ins and outs of this specific character, but this is supposed to be, I think his name's Reki. He was one of the legends from Kamigawa. Okay. And his thing is that he has the history of Kamigawa tattooed on his body. Okay. So he is the Sylvan Library in this case because the history is tattooed on his body. Gotcha. Okay. So, so that's kind of neat. Yeah. So we have the library. The art's nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have yet another way for you to get a soul ring. Yep. Um, I think this is something they're going to do. They plan on doing this with other colors throughout however long they're doing this. And I, th- I believe they said that this card and the next one will be in all of them with art to correspond to the color that the collection is in. Okay. Um, so this Saul ring is in, I believe it was in like a wooded area and has like some green things holding the ring up, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Next up mm-hmm. is Command Tower. Yep. And this is also the artwork is green themed. And then when they move to other colors, the artwork will be, you know, other color themed. Yeah. This also has like a bunch of printings already. But, you know, if you're a diehard green mage and want your command tower to reflect that, then here you go. Here's a green command tower. Yeah. Then we have Worldly Tutor, which is another pretty big reprint. Uh, I want to say these things were like 30 bucks. So. And this will be the only printing of Worldly Tutor in foil for the premium editions. Yeah. So it's also kind of something that's kind of cool. Yeah, it's like Mirage and then 7th edition? Well, 7th would have had foils. No, was this in 7th? 8th edition had foils, right? But not seventh? No, 7th had foils too. Okay, maybe it was 6th edition then. Because it's, yeah. it's got a white border printing. Oh, no, it was 6th edition, yeah. Okay, 6th edition. Okay. Yep. Yep. So um, between this and Sylvan Library, I mean that's that's some pretty solid value. Yeah. So next up is Bane of Progress, mm-hmm. and this is um, a card I think from Commander Thirteen was okay. the first time it was printed, mm-hmm. and it is a two-two that when it comes into play, it destroys all artifacts and enchantments, and then gets plus one plus one counters for each permanent that was destroyed that way. 
That sounds like a commander card. Yes, this sounds like the commanderiest of commander cards. Yeah. Just like I, I destroy all of it and I get huge. Cool. Yep. I will eat all of your soul rings. Yes. <laughs> um. Next, we have the more properly designed wilderness reclamation. Oh, okay. Of, sure. Of. That's a, that's a way you can say that. It's seedborn muse. I thought you were going to say the more properly designed prophet of Crufix. Also reasonable. <laughs> so Seaboard Muse is a 2-3 for 4, right? Mm-hmm. And then like that, yeah. and then on each upkeep, you get to untap your uh, lands or permits right. you control. Yep. So the reason I say, like, in a commander game, it's way better than Wilderness Reclamation. Yeah. In a 1v1 game, it is way worse than uh, Wilderness Reclamation. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and these were probably twenty or thirty dollars, maybe more. Yeah, I think they were right around thirty bucks for a while. Yeah. So yeah, this is another solid reprint. Like Worldly Tutor and Sylvan Library, I can consider good reprints from like a normal constructed player standpoint. Like they see play in places, maybe not so much Worldly Tutor, but definitely Sylvan Sylvan Library. Um, Seaborn Muse is really only expensive because of Commander, though. It really doesn't see a whole lot of Eternal Format play. Yeah. Uh, next up is uh, Omnath before he got angry. This is- oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is Locus of Mana, not Locus of Rage, right? I think so, yeah. It's the green one. Yeah. Where the he- one from OG Zendikar? Yes. Yeah. Where, like, you it just holds all your mana. You can just tap all your lands and they like your mana pool doesn't empty out. Yeah. So and then he just... gets bigger based on how much green mana you have. Yeah. So he just yeah. like holds onto all your mana. Mm-hmm. Again, He's a hoarder. Yeah. <laughs> Again, <laughs> solid commandery card. Yeah. And then we have Fraley's land of wars, Fu- land of war fury. And this is, uh, the green, uh, commander deck. Uh, commander right the planeswalker uh, planeswalker commander there we go yeah uh, from... um, a lot of people have been kind of clamoring for this reprint i guess it was supposedly you know this was a good reprint for commander players i i really don't know like nobody that i played commander with was clamoring for a fraley's reprint but here she is i mean i think there's value i think that you know for me depending on how much the foil Sylvan libraries are. Mm -hmm. Maybe I snag like one or two of those. Yeah. I mean, Sylvan library is not really a card that you run as a four of in any deck anyway. Normally it's like one in the main one in the side or just one in the side. Yeah. But I mean, they've been uh, showing up more in legacy as of late. Mm -hmm. So, you know, especially with like Uros and stuff, like you play your library and then you pay eight life and then you play an Uro. Right. Then you got back four of that life. Yeah. So you're, so yeah, there's all, there's, yeah, it's getting played a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. This will be an interesting product. The thing that I haven't really liked about magic products, and I know it's because it's a collectible game. Yeah. So we said that it looks like the price is going to be 50 to a hundred dollars. But the problem is, is like, we know that's not going to be the price. Right. Right. Like people might be selling the foil ones for $250. Well, I think Pleasant Kenobi had tweeted right after this announcement that he went right to MKM, which is like 
Europe's version of TCG player yeah and priced out the cheapest version of all eight of these cards yeah and the cheapest versions of all eight of these cards on you know quote TCG player was a hundred and sixty eight dollars yeah I think saffron olive either retreated him or did the same thing yeah yeah so it- you know if you can buy a hundred and seventy dollars worth of cards for 50 bucks you know that's that's kind of a no-brainer yeah I mean, this is kind of the same thing that happened with, like, the uh, From the Vault Ultimate, not From the Vault, uh, Secret Layer Ultimate Edition. Like, yeah. they were like, these will be, like, $120, and, like, they were 250 Right. Well, so, I mean, they were 250 if you could find one for a while. They were five $600. Yeah, which, whew. Yeah, I mean, the prices come way down on them. You can get them for, like, 200 bucks now. Yeah, but still, like, you know... I've, it's it's hard because like the goal of this product in theory is to like get some commander staples still commander staples to people so they can play more commander, right? And if they're like a bajillion dollars each, it's kind of hard to say, hey, this yeah, is a lot cheaper now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who knows? I mean, maybe if you're the person that's looking for the green command tower, then you're gonna get super lucky because. You know, people are going to buy this for the library or for the worldly tutor or for the seedborn muse and probably not care about the green command tower. Yeah. You but might get... if you're the person looking for the worldly tutor, then. Yeah, you're you know, going to be able to hurt. Yeah. So then the next product mm-hmm. is Commander Legends. Yeah. We're going to talk about this and then I kind of want your opinion. Okay. Just on this product in general, like as you, not as a commander player. Okay, so this is a it's a sealed product that the idea is that you're going to draft with it. Mm-hmm. You're going to draft a commander deck. Yes. And so they're 20-card packs, so they're bigger mm-hmm. than normal. Slightly, yeah. Each pack has two legends. And, and a foil. So it's kind of kind of like a master's product where you're guaranteed one foil in every pack. Yeah. And it's what is the price of between a regular draft and a master's pack or a master's yeah. draft so like probably 7 or 8 dollars. Yeah, I would imagine it's going to be around like Modern Horizons maybe. Okay, so that was like 9 or 10. Yeah, I mean like a master's pack now is what what was 2XM 18 bucks? Yeah. So Hopefully they're not that high, but they did say it's going to be, you know, more than a regular pack. So Um, this one, I didn't see any wholesaler information on. I believe the commander collection comes out before commander legends does. That's why wholesaler pricing was available. I haven't seen any wholesaler pricing on this yet. If I find that information somewhere, I'll post it up in discord if anybody's interested. Yeah. So the thing that is interesting for me as a, you know, I guess unable to play legacy legacy player. Yeah. Is there are 71 new legends. Mm -hmm. They messed one up. I, I don't even have to see the cards. Yeah. One or two of them are busted. Yeah. Like I, I I have memories of the last 18 months. They messed one up (laughs) like a hundred percent. Think there's a new card for depths in there. They're going to have like a Golgari legend that like removes counters from things or it comes into play. as like a three, three for green black that like you search up a land or something dumb. <laughs> it's just be like, Oh, this is a no brainer to not play is rampant growth on a body. Sure. Yeah. Um, 
So, 70 new le- 71 new legends. There are 41 monocolored partners. So, partner is a thing in Commander where, like, basically two cards get to be your commander, right? Yeah. So, it's a little bit different than, like, when we had commander or partner last time. Last time we had partner, it was partner with. So your partner had to be a partner with like a specific other card. These, I believe, just have partner. So you can mix and match them together. Yeah. Like the first iteration of partners. Yeah. So for this, so you can draft a two color deck. Yeah. Right. So you get like a red commander and then you get the a green partner and you have a red and green mm-hmm. deck now. Yep. And then there are 30 non-partner two and three color legends. And right. some of some of them are like reprints. Um, well, not the no. new ones, I'm sorry. Not but there are some there are some reprinted legends, I think. There are, but they're not in like the set proper. Oh, okay. There's like We'll talk we- about them in a minute. Okay. There's yeah, a weird we'll foiling there. thing. Yep. Okay. So um, so there is kind of a weird way to draft this. Every single pick, you're going to take two cards. And that's because they want you to be able to pick your commander. Like th- they want to make sure that you have an opportunity to draft, you know, the color pair that you want as your commander because you do have to follow like color identity rules. So the reason you're taking two cards at a time is because at some point you're going to have to come up with either a commander or a pair of cards to be your commander that your whole deck is drafted towards, if that makes sense. Yeah, you have to follow the color identity rule. Yeah, and they I guess they found that when you're drafting just one card per pick, it's a lot harder to like build your cohesive deck. Whereas, you know, if you get to take two cards every time you take a pick, you can, okay, this is the card that I want out of the pack, but I also need this partner to work, so I'll take these two cards instead of you know, just I'll take this card and then hope that my commander is the right colors. Yeah. Also, to work around this, they have uh, wasted some Seb art. <laughs> yes, they did. So there's this, like, is it the Piper? Is that what it's called? Yeah, I don't remember what it's so called. So it's this crazy, like, snake man with, like, playing a flute. And it's this beautiful Seb art, and he's, like, every part of him is, a, is another color. Yeah, it's he, the Prismatic Piper. There you go. And he is just generic commander. He is five mana for a legend with yep. partner. And before the yep. game, you can say what color he is. So if you drafted yep. your sweet red commander, but then mm-hmm. never found a green commander to go with it, or a blue right. commander, you could say Prismatic Piper is blue. Now I have a blue-red deck. But it's just a 3-3 no text after that. So I just realized something interesting, that this Prismatic Piper is legendary. Yes. So like it has to be legendary to be your commander. It does. But commander is singleton, so you couldn't use two of these as your commander to get in two different colors. Now, thing two on the show notes under how to draft is 60-card decks... Singleton rule does not apply. Oh, hey, look at that. So you could just have two vanilla commanders. Or three. Or three. Oh, you could have three. You have, 
And you have three? I have I don't no know idea. Commander works. I'm, commander's got too many weird things. Uh, no, it says you can have two commanders if both have partner. So not three, just two. Just two. You can't just have like Voltron Commander where you right. just have four Prismatic Pipers <laughs> or five of them. And yeah. like that is just like you're just like they're all the colors. <laughs> like my deck is all the colors. Yeah. And I will call my commander Voltron. They also did something kind of weird with this card where it doesn't have a rarity. It's like in one in six packs or something. Yeah. So it's it's not it's more common than a common. So I think they called it it's a special rarity. Okay. You're you're like guaranteed to have some number of them in your draft. Yeah, basically it's we were drafting this and we kept getting decks that didn't work. Yeah. So we had to fix it. So we put this card in. I I watched the announcement video for this, and okay. I actually think they said that of all of the drafts they did testing this, they only had to use Prismatic Piper once. Really? Yeah. Okay, that's like a, a, a weird fallback mechanism to have to put in that you had to use Piper one time. Well, it, like the fail case, though, is that somebody doesn't get to play Magic. Fair. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if, if you drafted a deck and if you drafted a Golgari deck and you don't have a Golgari commander, then you don't get to play magic. Yeah. So, so point. Piper fixes that. I mean, it's better to have it in, you know, one in six packs or whatever and never have that opportunity arise than to have somebody pay, you know, $30 or whatever it's going to be to draft commander legends and then just not get to play magic. Yeah, that's a good point. And then... All the other commander rules apply. 40 yep. life, commander damage, color identity, all that stuff. Yep. And then my first thought when I saw that was I hadn't read the next thing, and I was like, oh, my God, a limited game with 40 life? Kill me. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, you break into pods of four, and I'm like, okay, does that make it better or worse? Like, are, are these games with, like, just rock fights with tutus? I have no idea. It's no, like, I don't think they are because I think he said the average game length or the average time to finish a session, like drafting and playing, was about two hours. So okay. I would imagine being 60 cards, the draft will take a little bit longer. And they also said that uh, this set is going to be bigger than normal. Okay. So you're going to have a lot more one ofs with people reading. So I'm, I'm imagining that the draft itself is going to take longer in that you're going to need, because it's a larger deck and more cards, a little bit more time to build your deck. Yeah. And then the actual game. So I, I really don't know that, you know, it's going to take that long to finish your game. It is weird, though, like with taking two cards a pack. Is it yeah. every every pick is two cards? I'm pretty sure they said every pick was two cards, yeah. Because if every pick is two cards, like... Oh, that's true. That you don't wheel. Better. Right? So like 20, oh, 20 yeah. cards, you get 10 picks. So you don't see that you never see the same pack twice. Well, yeah, you do. Your first and second pack you're going to see twice. Okay, but but you're not going to see like that yeah. third pick. You know what I mean? This is yeah, but you're also not going to like have to try and wheel things if you're taking two picks at once. Fair, fair. I guess like signals are less important when you can just take the two good green cards out of the pack. Well, I mean, signals are also less important if you've you know third picked your Rakdos commander and you're drafting Rakdos no matter what the table says. You know what I mean? Yeah, good point. I guess the things that are interesting is the the, re the rest of the 
Well, the official term is the Crowdlands. Oh, is that what they call them? Is the Crowdlands? That's what I saw in in a Wizards article. So okay. the the lands that are dual lands that come into play untapped if you have two or more opponents. Yeah. So we had the allied colors, and now we're getting the enemy colors. Yep. Which is cool. Yeah. And they were so, a pretty I mean, penny both for are expensive cards. And they they're even more now. They're like thirty bucks a piece now. Whew. Yeah. Of course, there's going to be collector boosters. Of course, there are. They also said that these collector boosters are going to be collated differently than the normal boosters. I don't know exactly what that means, but they specifically said the collector boosters are not for drafting. And I have to imagine that, you know, this is going to be kind of a weird draft environment anyway. And like they had to make special rules and cards just to make this draft environment work that I would not try to draft this with collector packs. No, no matter how no. ballin' you're feeling with your friend group, yeah, like that's just gonna be a bad time. Yeah, there are going to be like box topper cards in these, like with the not full border like we had with double masters, but normal box topper style with extended art. Um, there are going to be box topper cards in the collector packs. Okay. So any of the rares are going to be, you know, you have a chance to get the the extended frame ones also. And then we have that thing that you to. Yes, the etched foils. Yeah. What do you think of these? So I noticed the same thing you did. Like the the whole card is not foil. And it's like the border is foil or the border yeah. at least has the etched treatment. Right. Kind of like really pops and it's kind of goldy. But then yeah. the actual art itself does not appear like it's been foiled. The black border wasn't foiled either. Huh. It had like I, that that's what I noticed is that the black border had almost like a matte finish compared to the you know the gold border of the card. Okay, that's weird. Yeah, it looked really and I don't think the text box is foiled. I actually I think it's just the border. Hmm. Yeah, it's strange. That is, um that is weird. Yeah. They did say that you can pull these etched foil cards out of normal and collector boosters. So they're not just in the collector boosters. You can get them in like the base set. And that the etched foils are, I believe they said that they're reprints that aren't in the normal set. The example they gave was Prosh. Prosh is not in the set other than as this etched foil card. So you can't pull like a normal Prosh out of this set. Oh, okay. The only way you can get it is this etched foil card. Okay. But I do think some of the new commanders are going to be available in these etched foils also. I I got that impression, but now thinking about it, it wasn't in any of the information that I looked up after the fact. So they, that may not be correct. Gotcha. So they're going to have something similar to showcase cards that are going to have like an F&M promo style border, which I really like the F&M promo borders yeah so with like the, the darker border with the darker like text box yeah yeah i thought they were kind of cool so i could be i could be there if they have some uh some good cards and yeah. then i like this will contain powerful white cards and you're like they have to advertise this <laughs> that was my first thought like this was so when i wrote this section i pulled right off of uh wizards like press release and it's like the very last bullet point was will contain powerful white cards. 
And that was that was the only thing that popped into my head was they really have to advertise that there will be powerful white cards in this set. Well, I mean, you know the joke about Commander, right? Yeah. That white is just unplayable. Yeah, basically. And so, well, has, like, no way to get card advantage. Yeah. The so, problem. like the was it Mangara? Our yeah. our new Mangara was kind of their first uh, foray into like trying to make a white Commander specific card. Yeah. And. Uh, yeah, so I guess they're just trying to fix the fact that white is bad. Yep. Which worries me because I don't want to play against like super death and taxes. Well, that, I think that was what Pleasant Kenobi tweeted out immediately after this announcement, wasn't it? I didn't see it, but I would not be surprised. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he said something along the lines of death and taxes is going to get some new toys. Yes, 100%. The example of a powerful white card we have here is a three man, is a four mana three four. Mm hmm. And at the beginning of each of your opponent's end step, if they control more creatures than you, you make a one-one creature. You make a one-one soldier. Yep. And at the beginning of each po- opponent's uh, end step, if that player controls more lands than you, you search your library for a basic planes and put it on the battlefield tapped. So it's yeah. like it's kind of land taxish, but better. Yeah, like way better, because it goes right onto the battlefield and it triggers for each opponent. So like if you go last in turn order. Like all of your opponent, this is going to trigger off of each of your opponents. No, it'll trigger off your first opponent, right? So let's say you're last. Oh yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. They play yeah, their, right, they play right, their fifth right. land, and then you get your fifth. Yeah. But if yeah. like you're playing against someone who's green, who like yeah. has more, like you could get two lands a turn cycle. Yeah. Or if nothing else, if everyone's just playing like fair magic, mm-hmm. you're going to get an extra land a turn. Mm-hmm. You're just going to get a free rampant growth. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Yeah. So certainly a powerful card. It is. It is. It does fill the this is a powerful card. Yes. So So what are what are your thoughts on this set as a not commander player? Again, it's kind of what I said like I I don't think I'm going to see myself drafting it. Yeah, you don't think you're going to sign up just to see what it's all about. Again, like there's the Rona issue and like, Yeah. I don't I don't know. The the thought of playing a pot of magic sounds awful. <laughs> so on that regard, I don't think they're going to get me. Like, I understand they're trying to, like, get, like, the crossover appeal, right? They're trying to get the people that are commander players to be like, ooh, I like drafting, so that maybe yeah. they'll draft, like, regular sets. And they're right. trying to, I think, get the people that normally draft to play commander and go, like, ooh, this is awful. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, Ooh, this isn't awful. Yeah, I don't want to die, so maybe I'll do this again. Maybe I'll buy the Commander Edition green thing or whatever. Yeah. So I understand what they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. I, like I said, I'm just looking at it much like Jumpstart for, yeah. like, just the like ridiculous cards that should not be Magic cards that are going to be in this set. The eighty dollar Allosaurus Shepherd. Are they eighty dollars? They are eighty dollars. I want four. They were last time I checked. I want four, but I'm not spending eighty dollars on them on a card I can't realistically play. Yeah. Because I I saw them used as like permanent um, Veil of Summer in Legacy. Yeah, that seems pretty sweet. Where it was like Allosaurus Rider. Like okay. Oh my god, I was way wrong. What? Oh gosh. Uh, so I just looked it up on Goldfish, and 
it must have spiked like today. Oh no. Uh, paper price of Allosaurus Shepherd is $139. Oh my god. It must be because of this deck. Yeah. It's it's um the modern uh Neo brand where you're uh, like Allosaurus uh, Rider in the in the Neo form or Yeah. We play Allosaurus Shepherd if it lives you turn off all your opponent's removal and you're like, play Allosaurus Rider. Yeah. Neoform, get Grizzlebrand, combo you out. Well, all right. So if you're feeling froggy, these are currently listed on TCG Player at right around $72 a piece. And the current listings on eBay are anywhere between $110 and $190. Wow. So there is a little bit of arbitrage happening there if you're feeling froggy yeah if you can buy them get them and then flip them you like yeah. buy them and then like list them before they show up at your house right i don't know if i, I, don't know if I would recommend that but <laughs> yeah but right so you have Allosaurus shepherd i'm assuming mm-hmm. that muxus is stupid expensive because muxus has made Probably. goblins a real deck yeah. In Legacy. And yeah. like I thought Muxus was ridiculous at like thirty dollars. Tiny uh, bones. Tiny bones. Now a Muxus lot of this is thirty six dollars. Okay. A lot of this is because of the fact that they just haven't been able to print yeah. the amount of jump start they were expecting, but there's supposed yeah. to be more coming. I Tiny Bones, fifty three dollars. Ugh. So I have a feeling that there are going to be some cards like that in this set yeah that are just going to like be archetype enabling or defining cards Mm -hmm. for legacy and probably commander yeah and you know those are the things to look out for you you said allosaurus right or allosaurus shepherd was being played in modern not not modern legacy oh legacy neobrand I was going to say, these cards aren't modern legal. No, Legacy Neo Brand. So it's like the modern Neo Brand deck. Yeah. But they've ported it over to Legacy. So you get like fast mana and spirit guides, but you can just like have a protected turn one or turn two. Turn two, you're just like, it plays four Allosaurus Shepherd, four Xanthid Swarm. Oh. So you're like swarm, go, attack, combo you out. It's dirty because they both pitch to uh, Illusaurus Rider. They do. It's yeah everything you want. Yeah. Hmm. But yeah, I have a feeling that there's gonna be minimum three cards. Yeah. That are just absurd in uh, Legacy. Yeah. That are going to be expensive, and maybe maybe we need to do a better job of identifying these and like pre-ordering because like. Allosaurus Shepherd was pre-ordering for thirty dollars, forty dollars, or something. Something like that, yeah. Not that I think you can say that that card is going to that you can predict when a card is going to be then a hundred dollars, right? But there is a track record of cards being really expensive for like no reason recently. Well, I mean, the same thing happened to like Renin Six, though, right? It was pre-ordering for like twenty five, thirty bucks, and then it just went insane. Yeah, and then it was a hundred dollars on release weekend. Yeah, so so maybe this is something we're gonna start breaking that because usually cards go down after pre-order. But yeah, there's been a handful of cards that people just haven't appropriately evaluated. 
mm-hmm. that just then are like, oh, now that I play this card, it is ridiculous. I want yeah. all of them. So one more thing that I want to mention while we're talking about this product, okay. and then we can we can move on, is that with printing being the way it is, where not enough product is being printed, maybe we don't even get back to some of these products like to get them printed. Like if the next time they can print Jumpstart is in February, are they going to print more Jumpstart when you have like a new set coming out then? You know what I mean? Yeah, that's hard. That's hard. Like I, I don't know how big these second runs of product are going to be. So if this follows suit and the initial print run is cut way low, like these sealed boxes may be worth like their weight in gold. Yeah. Because like, um, especially if it's a product that commander players like. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I want to do this again. Yeah. So. Yep. So I, I know we talked about it before on here how you know, sealed product is kind of priced differently because you can't ever like uncrack a box. And part of the like value of a sealed booster box is in like people that want to go back and draft old sets. So if this is like a beloved way to draft and people want to continue doing this and like I said, print runs are cut, maybe the second print run isn't as big as a normal print run would have been. Maybe it's worth holding on to a box or two of this, you know, in your closet to bust out on a rainy day and turn it into some Mox Diamonds. I hope it's worth that much. Yeah. The way Mox Diamonds are going. So, right. All right. Arena time. Arena time. So I think I mentioned uh, there was a deck I tweeted out that uh, James had sent me. It was this weird Song of Creation deck where you, like, untap your creatures using, like, one mana untap effects. To mm-hmm. try to like go infinite. This person might be a genius and I might be playing the deck horribly, but it seemed real bad. <laughs> seemed well, at least real, you gave it a bad. shot. That it looked was, like a deck that was up your alley. That so. was last night's project and it seemed bad. Yeah. Uh, we already talked about like uh, Bant Ramp into Approach. That was fun. I was playing mm-hmm. it like a moron, but it still seemed powerful. Yeah. So there was a question from Discord that I just saw today and is now in the old uh, in the old uh, uh, show notes. Show notes. Yep. And that was I had talked a while back about Song of Creation mm-hmm. and how like if I was gonna make it a best of three deck, kind of how I would change it. Yeah, I don't even remember talking about this, so I hope that you do. Yes. So okay. the the big thing would be kind of doing the okie doke where you want to maybe not be as reliant on song and comboing people out and so bringing in things like sahili oh, okay. or um bringing in Psy, so that you right. could have turns where you go you know turn three Psy, make you know four thopters by casting all of your zeros yeah and then like just going on a beatdown plan because they're going to cut most of their removal to try to fight you on the stack. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of go, you trim like combo pieces and lean into the fact that you're just a pile of artifacts. Yeah. And so the problem there is like one of your zeros is a non-artifact in um, Ugin's Conjurant. Yeah. And, and then three, and then 12 of your zeros are like, three play sets of four are creature spells. Well, I guess no, four. So 16, because Ornithopter are creature yeah. spells. 
yeah. with uh, so they don't really work with uh, Sahili, but just some way to like change how you're uh, how you're attacking them. Even something as simple as like bringing in uh, Joyra, mm-hmm. who will draw cards when you cast uh, a historic spell. Right. Bringing in Joyra to like you know complement your songs. Mm-hmm. So that if they have negate as their interaction for you, you yeah. play Joyra and then you play a bunch of zeros and you draw cards that way. Right. So you have, so just changing how you're doing it. So a little bit of additional interaction, mm-hmm. right? Like, so things like spell pierce or really like probably miscast because you're just interesting, interested in countering a counter spell. Yeah. Right. Now, this probably isn't like a packed deck, right? Um, as I was getting ready to say, you could maybe packed. The problem there is like, I don't know. You might fizzle every five mm-hmm. to ten percent of the time, because usually yeah. once you resolve your song, you win the game. Yeah. So you could packed, and you're almost always going to get the five mana. Right. Right. So you could like packed and if you don't go off you basically you pay time- for it and try again you pay for it but you kind of time walk yourself yeah right you have to hope you live through another turn and sometimes you don't have that extra time mm-hmm. but like you could just go all in and be like i'm gonna play some packs because i know if i resolve this i'm going to go off it also get packed also gives you the ability to um counter your own stuff like it's a zero, so oh, you yeah. can so you can be going off, cast oh, like an ornithopter, cute. hold control, and pack your ornithopter and get to draw off your or- get to draw off your pact, which isn't yeah. something you could do with miscast, right? So just the fact that it's a zero could be worthwhile, mm-hmm. but I think that probably the biggest change is maybe like a mix of Psy and Joyra. Mm-hmm as a way to diversify your threats and change what yeah. the game's about. Makes sense. So like you could go down, like you maybe go down to like three songs or something and maybe cut some like Ugin's Conjurance mm-hmm. and bring in size Joyra's and maybe Sahili's to mm-hmm. just kind of be a little more value. I don't think there are any other good artifacts to like, you know, you could also maybe like pizza oven. Oh Yeah where you could try to give yourself kind of a, uh, a a bit of a go long plan where you're like more value Cause there are games where you'll just like, oops, just like play like a three, three uh, stone coil serpent yeah. and just like get to rebuy it once or twice with Emery. And that can give you, give you enough like value. So you can kind of turn into like a value grindy artifact deck. Yeah. I don't know if you're dense enough with artifacts to use pizza oven though. You've got, I'm trying to think, Moxes, Ornithopters, Witching Wells, two. Yeah. Uh, you've got 20 or 24. I So a little over a third of your deck? Yeah, a little over a third. But, yeah, I don't know. But the, the thing I know I talked about on the podcast is bringing in Psy. Yeah, is kind that, of that makes sense. is is changing yourself from being a stack based combo to being a I'm gonna put five power on the battlefield on turn three, 
Right. And I'm going to say, I hope this is good enough. Mm-hmm. If your opponent did the okie doke and is trying to fight you on the stack, then that should be plenty good, in- good yeah. enough. Where they like cut all the removal because you like clown them. Yeah. In game one. And then, you know, if they cut some of their threats because they don't need to be, you know what I mean? If they're trying to fight you early and then stick something and win, they really don't need to be as threat dense. Yeah. So Psy is kind of my answer. And it mm-hmm. just let, lets you also be more threat dense because yeah. you still have some number of songs. You still have, and then you have the size. So maybe you're up to like six um, yeah. or seven cards that matter. Right. Within just kind of like a bunch of garbage. Mm-hmm. You could also bring in, I'm trying to think of other like useful artifacts. There's not like a lot of people will bring in. Uh, or will have in their sideboard like the Soul Guide Lantern, right? Like if yeah. it's like an Uro deck, Soul Guide Lantern as just a way as a cheap artifact that will do something, and then we'll yeah, do I mean, a card you can play later. Cage too. Hmm? You can play Cage too. You can play Cage because that doesn't impact you at all, and so. it also stops goblins. Yes, that is a good point. Not that in company, yeah, in company, which is a big deal. And like Spyglass could be good against, you know, the company decks where you're trying to get, like, turn off a Woe Strider, mm-hmm. which is their main uh, sack outlet. Yeah. So there are a few things, but again, the big thing is like Psy to change, to diversify your threats yep. and like kind of stick to like trim on the main game plan. Like that would require you to probably cut one or two Thassa's Oracles, a couple songs and then bring in size, and then, like I said, a Joyro would work mm-hmm. uh, to give you another, like, I'd have to go, like, three size, a Joyra as another draw engine. Because you can't take out enough artifacts to not right. be reliant on the artifact plan. Yeah. And then just ways to grind and get value. And, like, if you're feeling spicy, like, Pact could be something if you think you're playing someone who's going to, you know, have, like... Pass a turn with one blue mana up. Right. And you're just like, okay, cool. I will pack your spell pierce, and now I have to win this turn. Mm-hmm. And often Well, I mean, like you said, though, if you're songing, then you have four mana. And the chances, like, even if you fizzle, you've hit another land drop. Yeah, you've hit another land drop, so you can pay for it. Yeah. And then, you know, as long as you leave uh, a couple, um, like, one or two... Uh, what are they called? Thassa's Oracles. You still have that out for, with uh, Song of Creation. Right. And you could like, you know, especially like if you have like a sigh in a song. Yeah. Like then you're just like, you just generate so much value that you can beat someone that way. Mm-hmm. So, so those were, those were my thoughts of ways I would like things I would do to make it a best of three deck, like a cyborg you could like build that would give you something reasonable to do. But and this is a cyborg that, you can't fully transform, but you can diversify what your win cons are. So you yeah. make them fight you on multiple axes as opposed to just being like, I'm sitting on countering the uh, song of creation. Yep. Right and now. Then you stick a sigh and cry. Yeah. Now you, now like you stick a sigh a turn earlier than they thought they needed to have interaction. Mm-hmm. And now they're, now they're behind and they have to interact with the sigh. And yep. if they do that, then you can stick a song and maybe not combo them, but now every time you play a junkie ornithopter, you get a one one and draw two cards. Yeah. Right. So those are my thoughts there. Yep. 
So, now, now that we've talked about it, I do remember talking about yes. it. So, yes. So, Papa Junior mm-hmm. wants to know if uh, this is the time to sell shocks. Yeah. So, what do you think about selling shocks? It's hard. I definitely sold some shocks when I was opening the brawl product to yeah. like pay for the brawl product. Right. But it depends, right? If you're gonna, if you think you're at all interested in Pioneer mm-hmm. or Modern. Like I think it's hard to sell your shocks. Because I think it's hard to sell them now. If yeah. you were going, I mean, we've covered this a bunch of times on the show, but we can certainly talk about it again. The best time to sell cards that are going to rotate in the fall is like January, February before that. So six months ago, you should should have sold your shocks if you were planning on selling them, especially now that people aren't playing standard most of the standard value has already been sucked out of the shocks. Like yeah. there, there are not going to be any more standard events until after rotation. So there will be no more standard events until after shocks are not no longer legal and standard. So all of the value that was in shocks from standard is already gone. So I don't really expect them to drop a whole lot after rotation. So you know, selling them now versus selling rotation, I don't think you're going to gain any money by waiting or by doing it now. Yeah. That being said, I had mentioned in Discord that, you know, you can look at what the prices of shocks did last time Ravnica rotated, and it took like years for the prices to recover. Right after rotation, I lo- I just randomly looked up Hallowed Fountain. I don't know why that was the one that I looked up, but that's what I looked up. And it was like 10 bucks right after rotation. Yeah. And it wasn't until Dominaria, I think, that the price of Hallowed Fountain started moving again. Yeah, I think that at least now there are more there are more formats that use shocks, right? I mean, there's right. now Pioneer. Yeah. And if you look at what the big uh, card stores are doing, mm-hmm. they're buying right now. Right. I think they're recognizing with COVID and everything else that this is the bottom. Right. Right. So, like, I don't think this is when you want to sell just because I think this is probably the bottom of the market. Right. Like, if you, yeah, need, I, to sell, if you need to sell the, your shocks to, like, buy your next box of rise of zendikar or whatever sure yeah but if you're just like is this the time for me to like maximize my value right you know probably not because i mean think about i think both card kingdom now and cfb are doing mm-hmm. a thing where like if you send them a shoe box of unsorted cards mm-hmm. they will sort it for you right and you don't have to you, make a buy list order. Yeah, you, you can just send them cards and they will sort them. Yeah. And then tell you how much they will pay you for them. Right. Right. That is unheard of. That was right. something they That's would never do. Could, well, it's something that you could traditionally only do at a Grand Prix. Yeah. But to me, that kind of says, hey, we really, really, really want to buy cards. We want no impediment to you sending us your cards. Because right. when I did that buy list of just all that random stuff, it took me like two days, maybe longer, yeah. to go mm-hmm. through and buy list everything. It took forever. Right. And, you know, 
I was justifying it as like, okay, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get all this stuff. It's gonna get banned, but <laughs> not bitter, not bitter. But right, like they're just desperate to take cards, and so yeah. I think that this is not the time to sell cards if the people really want to buy them. Mm-hmm. So I would hold off, and like you said, you know, this is the bottom for standard cards. Like right. in a in a normal life cycle, it's just even lower now because you know well i don't i don't know that it's even lower but effectively rotation already happened when they canceled sanctioned events yeah rotation happened in like july yeah so that's a good way to think about it as well as like you've already missed rotation right so you know i think that if you are looking to play paper magic long term just having mm-hmm. shocks is a reasonable thing yeah, like I mean, I bought into my shocks when Zendikar or when uh, Rep- RTR rotated out. Yeah, and pretty- they were like eight to ten dollars then. Yeah, and I think I've just had all of them since then. Like, yeah, I, I haven't. Ha- I have a place that I somehow have eight stomping grunts. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. That's weird. Yeah, but you know, well, I sorry, I have eight non foils and four foils. Oh, okay. (laughs) But, like, that's whatever. But, like, just having them so you can, like, put together a Pioneer deck in six months Mm -hmm. is probably... Or a a, modern deck. Yeah, it's probably a better place to be than to sell them out. And there's also uh, something that we, you know, a a new kind of, like, thing that can cause change. I said that really Mm -hmm. badly, but we'll get there. Okay. with Pioneer coming to Arena, yes. you might be introducing an entire new group of people to Pioneer. Pioneer yeah. And then, you know, they get to go back to their LGS and they want to play Paper Pioneer. Right. And you're, or and, people that like had only been playing digital and now want to come out of the store or come out of their homes after COVID's done and like yeah. play in paper. Yeah. And so you have like, there's going to be a whole new group of people that are going to put their eyes on a new way to play Magic. Mm-hmm. And this could be something that drives the prices of shocks, you know, in six yeah. months. Yep. Six months. Especially if we have already effectively had rotation. Yeah. So I would hold off. Yep, I agree. So what was the last thing on our uh, very organized show notes here? Oh, the artisan uh, event. The artisan event. Yeah, the thing that we've referenced like three times now. And yeah. wait till later. Wait till later. Wait till we forget about it. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> so what I've noticed when I play these artisan events is mm-hmm. the artisan events feel like magic. Yeah. Like they feel like what standard used to be. Yeah. So like, there's a lot of times now that standard has been. If I don't answer this card, I just get buried. Right. And that's not how, like, standard used to be. Like, Siege Rhino was, like, oppressive, mm-hmm. and they traveled in packs. But unfortunately. Most of, you play at you played Abzan. That is not unfortunate for you. You're just like, oh. No, it was unfortunate for my opponents. Fair. Excuse me. My turn four Siege no, Rhino. It was, became, it was great for me. Became a turn five Siege Rhino. Oh. Yeah. Um. But but it wasn't a card that, like, 
they resolved it and you were like, oh man, if I don't have a removal spell this turn and they mm-hmm. untap with this, the game's over, right? But now yep. a lot of the threats are just like, oh man, they they got their Uro on turn five. Mm-hmm. I'm done. Yeah, like over. I, I didn't have a removal spell. I lost the game. Or, oh, they resolved Nissa. If I don't kill this Nissa right now, I lose the game. Yeah. Or even, you know, Teferi, Hero of Dominaria. Right. Oh man, mm-hmm. if I don't kill this, I'm dead. Right. These artists and events, you're like, oh wait, I can like attack and block and do things and you know, yeah. I can like do some cute interactions because like I have more time. Mm-hmm. So I've really I really enjoy these when it's just like, oh, I can do something goofy. Yeah, or I can do old school magic. Yeah, again. I can like attack and block. Or you can do something that's, you know, combo y you know. Not super combo you out win the game, but yeah. combo we in a sense of like, all right, I'm putting like A and B together and getting a little bit more than I would otherwise. Right. Uh and I have the time to do that. Mm-hmm. So, so I So what'd would, you play in this artisan event? I think I've talked about this before. I put together uh green black reanimator. Okay. So, that is not what I played. Okay, so it was so the core of the deck was the three big cyclers from Acoria. Acoria. So uh, Titanoth Rex. Yeah. Uh, I forget its real name, but Space Godzilla. Yep. Death COVID. I mean, Corona. <laughs> I mean, Beam or whatever now. Yeah, uh, whatever. And um, Greater Sandworm mm-hmm. with uh, Unbreakable Bond as a five mana. Uh, yep reanimation spell and back for more mm-hmm. and then i played two cauldrons gifts as like okay. additional reanimation spells and then like yep. uh towards the end i was on like six removal spells like three eliminates three heartless acts and then like two duresses and four um agonizing remorse so i had played like a little bit of ramp Mm-hmm. But uh, I just decided, like, I really didn't need it. I was playing Cultivate was my ramp. I had been playing the the two-mana 1-1 one, one that taps for a mana of any color. Yeah. But I just didn't seem good enough. So mm-hmm. it was just like, okay, like, kill a thing, discard spell, and then, like, cycle, cycle, play a giant thing. And mm-hmm. against control, like, I could ramp enough that then all of my draws were must-answer threats. Right. And I could also play them at instant speed. So, yeah. like, there were times where I would, like, you know, could play around, uh, let's say, Essence Scatter. Mm-hmm. Because, like, okay, fine, I'm not going to cast this. If you don't have Negate, I get you. Or, yeah. the tur- or like, if they had a Negate and you just, like, slam the thing, you're like, huh? And they're like, oh, no. He just slammed <laughs> the thing. So, so it was, it was fun. And, you know, just getting to play, like, Turn four 11 11s or turn five 11 11s feels feels real nice. Yeah, you know, getting back to old school magic. Old school magic, yeah. <laughs> but okay, so yes, but like if you tried to do something like this in standard, yeah, right, like you can't play a deck like this because the reanimation spells aren't powerful enough. They've decided that is an area where uh, they're going to take power out yeah. of the game or like any kind of like you know, a little bit of removal and then I'm going to like play a big thing. Mm-hmm. Right. 
a lot, you kind of you can't do that anymore because like the big thing costs three mana and draw drew you a bunch of cards and gained you a bunch of life. Right. Right. Or, you know, there's just the removal's way too good. Yeah. Right. So you you don't have like it's not like it's conditional removal. You just have all the answers for everything. Mm-hmm. So not, you know, pure old school magic, but it was like it lost it could lose to like an aggressive deck. It could kind of yeah. hang with control decks. But it wasn't just like Man, this is like an awful choice. Yeah, I think I played three games of this event. Oh, I played and my a bunch. opponent. My opponent scooped every time, so that's why I stopped playing. What did you? What were you playing? Mutate. I thought about putting that together. I played against the, it once. I mean, it's it's just like the mutate deck. It is like you you lose actual zero cards from the mutate deck. You lose C Dasher Octopus. Yeah, and you lose a Luna and some mana fixing but well i cut a luna like i wasn't playing a luna anymore yeah i was just like shore shark for life i i, yeah. I, I came shore on shark. i came on the shore shark uh, team yep uh yeah like that deck that's, is that's what i did was silly. i shore shark people yeah and like your mana's worse but like it doesn't matter that much right i guess the reason i didn't play it was because you don't have you didn't you don't have paradise druid yeah you also don't have a boreal grazer yeah but you don't have the the like hex proof thing yeah. to pile all of your to make your pile on. Yeah, it doesn't matter though. You pay you play the uh, essence symbiote and I played a couple of the moth cocoon things. Yeah. Like it it, it was plenty. And I, you know, like I said, I played three games and my opponent scooped as soon as I mutated my second thing, like every game. Oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> I did like I only swung once in each game. Okay. I definitely played games. So apparently I was doing it wrong. I yeah. thought about playing that deck, but I was like, I like this green black deck. Yeah. It's so great when you're like on a red opponent attacks you and you're like back for more, eat your thing, block your other thing. <laughs> and you're just like, yeah, yeah. You just got a hard two for one. And I have a seven, seven. Yeah. Just like, Oh, I can never, ever, ever block that. <laughs> never, ever. No. No, you can't. And then next turn, you're like, Unbreakable Bond. Bring back an 11-11 with lifelink. <laughs> and they're just like, oh, I can never win. I'm like, correct. Let's go. <laughs> we have You have figured out your your uh, lot in life. I yeah. played against, uh, against like Blue Black Mill like three times. Yeah. It's like, what are you doing with your life? <laughs> I almost Milling lost out. I almost lost to it once. Did you? Yeah. But... I just kept resolving 11-11s or bringing mm, them back, cool. and I ran them out of removal. Yeah. To the point where, like, I attacked, and they had to Grasp of Darkness it to make oh. it small enough so it didn't kill them. <laughs> so they didn't die. Yeah. I was like, yeah. yeah. And they scooped because they were, like, they waited till my turn. I had mana, mm. but they waited till my turn, and they were, like, Heartless Act. And I was yeah. like, Cycle Death Corona. Put, put a counter a, on put it. Put a counter on it. <laughs> Three mana counter your headshot. They immediately conceded. I was like, excellent. <laughs> and we're done here. And we're done. Yeah. That's when I kill someone with Thassa's Oracle, I always just say to myself, headshot. <laughs> Good job. Just done. Headshot yeah. you. <laughs> this is resolving and I win the game now. Yep. Yeah. Also, uh, as we mentioned before, um, Pact of Negation, we brought it mm-hmm. up a little while ago. With a, 
does nothing good for this format. No. No. Like, when you play Hour of Promise, tap out, and then you pack, like, your opponent's Yorion. Mm-hmm. Nothing good comes of that. <laughs> There's not like a, oh, that was all right. No, it was awful. It yeah, is awful. Is all bad. Like, why? Why did they think that would be an okay thing? Yeah, I don't know. So, I think that makes an episode. I think so, too. So, if you would like to get at us, you can tweet at us at Casual Tripod. Yep. You can hit us up on Facebook at Casual Tryhard MTG. You can drop us an email at show at casualtryhardmtg.com. Don't forget, if you're looking to pick up any singles, you can use our TCG Player affiliate link. There should be links in the description. should be links, you know, wherever. Um, if you can't find a link, it's tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com. We also have our Patreon if you want to support us a little bit more directly. That's patreon.com slash casualtryhardmtg. And we have our Discord server. Hop on over to Discord, chat with us. Um, there's also a link for our Discord in the description, on our Twitter, on our Facebook. If you can't find it in any of those places, shoot us a message however you want to, and we will send you a personal link to get in on the fun. Yeah. So uh, with that, we will catch you on the internet. We will catch you on the internet.